liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Liberty Lockdown, and I know you do because you tune in every week. God bless you. Please go over to Locals and become a supporting member of the show. All you have to do is go to libertylockdown.locals.com to sign up. Ten bucks a month gets you exclusive videos, gets you exclusive content, AMAs, all sorts of good goodies. Uh, but most importantly, it means that you are a supporting member, and that helps me to grow. It'll help get this message to more people, which I know you care about. Uh, because I do, and I don't think you'd be listening if you didn't think so, too. So, again, go to libertylockdown.locals.com. Appreciate you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. Today, I have on a very special guest, a man who lit social media on fire over this past summer, and I'm thrilled to see that he's alive. Jesus Christ, what a what a life. Uh, Lord Miles, welcome aboard, man. Hey, guys. <laughs> well, you, for those that don't know your backstory, I, I don't know how anybody would have missed this because you were you were the talk of the town for <laughs> I think all of August. Uh, but you you were a student, I think, that went to the most dangerous places on the planet and ended up in Afghanistan as the Taliban was taking over. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely, but it was more safe in London, I imagine. Anyway. <laughs> 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 I sincerely doubt that, brother. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, what what inspired you to go there? Well, I mean, I, I, we'll get into the details of, of what transpired a little bit. And, and I don't want to spend all of the time just doing your backstory because I'm sure most people are yes, aware of, of it. You're probably sick of talking about it. But uh, for those that aren't aware, that are curious, I, I'd love to hear what your experience was like. So for CIA watching, it was definitely not faving dodgy. <laughs> I'm the only person I can claim I've been gang stalked for real. <laughs> but um, but for real, it's mostly for fun. So I kind of went there just thinking, oh, this is going to be hilarious. I'll go there, goof off a little bit, film it. And I, won't, I didn't think I was going there to get any attention. I didn't really think it would blow up on the internet. I've got to be honest. And a small part of me, um, something I did promote, I went there with a month's paycheck from uh from work basically and just handed out some people so i thought you know it's all this coming if i just go there and don't do any good so you know everyone wins at the end or so i hope <laughs> um, <laughs> so so you i mean obviously you kept us up to date as as the taliban was moving in you you seemed genuinely at peace with death in that moment <laughs> Is that, oh, absolutely. What, was was that uh was that bluster or, or was it genuine? Were you like really accepting the fact that you might die? Oh, it was genuine. I thought it was actually kind of hilarious because I was I was imagining friends that haven't known me for years just picking up a pa- picking up a paper and seeing like um you know some giant shit post of me just goofing off in Afghanistan and then just a feud will be held and the whip, rip bozo meme just playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Is your life <laughs> Is your life's mission to be a meme? Is that what you're trying to do? You want to be I think I'm really by ISIS? My life's mission, that means. What's that? I want to turn. I want to turn ISIS is is into was was basically. I want to. I, I want to go to every major country that everyone says don't go to. And then just walk out and be like, "Oh, they're lovely chaps." You know, we had tea or something. <laughs> I want to piss off CIA intelligence. I just want to annoy all the people. 
uh, you know, just have a fun time, really. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> so is, is it your intention to, to show that, you know, there are, there are good people in all parts of the world and, and that you can survive anything or, or what is, what is the mission here? It just seems, because to me, even though I'm, you know, I'm an adventure seeker to some extent, the last place on earth I'd want to be is, you know, <laughs> Afghanistan during a civil war, uh, seems like a really dangerous place. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a real big, grandiose, thought out, coherent, mentally sound plan. Um, <laughs> I think it's just funny. <laughs> it's as simple as I, I want to want to stumble behind my Wikipedia or whatever equivalent will be in 200 years and just go, this is hilarious. <laughs> and that's basically it. I want my grandchildren to think I'm some sort of mentally deranged person as I tell them my stories. And then my children will tell them, no, it's actually real, please don't mess with them. <laughs> I don't know if living how you live, if you're going to be old enough to have grandkids, but I hope, I hope that, uh, that your, your future plans don't include anything quite as extreme as what you just put yourself through. Um, do you have any, you. do you have any follow-up plans to do anything that's, uh, even 10% as dangerous as what you just put yourself through? Oh, easily. So within about two and a half weeks, I'll be in South Sudan, Juba, the capital, newest country in the world. So I'm going to casually pop down there like a normal lad's holiday and walk about, I think it's roughly about 750 miles through Juba to Kenya, Nairobi, the capital. Um, I'm just going to do that solo, you know, no real plan and just kind of go there with my GoFundMe money. Wow. And then just hand it out to people just, you know, straight up, oh, you're struggling, mate. Here, here's some cash. Hope it does you some good. Um, Want to tell your story on camera. And then, yeah, boom. Unbelievable. So do you have a, are you going to be documenting it yourself? Exactly, yes. So I invest in like a little GoPro and some audio setup. I'm going to be going there with a stupid amount of SD cards. We're going to make it into like a little documentary film, whatever I can. And um, hopefully I'll have to censor a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, uh, I will have, I will have an AK-47. It turns out you can buy them for $40 there. I've already got a guy. No kidding. Oh, seriously, yeah. The average monthly salary is about $30 to $50 a month. So that's, that's pretty much a steal, if anything. I'm probably being overcharged, but I don't care. <laughs> I think 50 bucks, you can afford it. Wow. Um, so so obviously you, you, uh, you escaped Afghanistan by, by the skin of your teeth. Um, and, it, and it's you mentioned before we went on air that your was it your translator that's that's caught behind MMI? yeah so the reason yeah so issue is he used to work for nato in the previous years so the taliban are fine with tourists they just don't like people who collude with the west uh, basically so he's fearing for his life unfortunately in central kabul um so at the moment he's got six children one of them's quite a newborn and then obviously his wife and they're trying to get out of afghanistan and he is um definitely able to get to uh, a western country just because he's helped so much with western intelligence and translation service hr finance all this stuff the issue is just no one could be able to get him a plane or get him a seat on a plane um so i'm looking for someone to hopefully you know um pull some strings and get him out i don't want to have to return back there to make it happen yeah no kidding uh and i and I'm concerned that you might because you, you seem completely unhinged. Like you I, I did plan so... it. I did plan it for two weeks, but um my priest said I shouldn't. 
good, good job, Priest. <laughs> um, so, so uh, it, what what uh, citizenship does he have? Just out of curiosity, is he? Afghani? Yeah, so he would. Yeah, he's Afghani, born and raised, basically. Okay. But he speaks. And, he speaks English better than most people in Birmingham, anyway. Um, where I'm from, so nice. and guy. And is he is he looking to go to the UK? Do you know where he wants to go? So he's got a cousin, I believe, in the US. He's looking to go to, hopefully, just temporarily go there for one year, find his footing, get some money, then maybe move back to a country that's similar to his culture, basically. So I think everyone wins at the end, and it'll be a no. good little story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I I totally agree. Anybody that was, I mean, I don't know, kind enough to to assist with translating. Like if their life's in jeopardy, especially given the the position that the American government put these people in, it seems mm -hmm. like it's the not just the right thing to do, but really the responsi responsibility of these people because the, the, they they jeopardize their lives. It, it, I, I know that uh, there are, you know, there have been thousands of Afghani translators and and other people that weren't even really assisting us that have immigrated here or been uh, I don't know what the term is refugeed here. Uh, hmm. Is there is there a reason that he can't get on one of those planes? Is it just simply like not enough, not enough options on the flights to get him out? Basically, yeah. And <laughs> the issue is no one's really listening. I mean, um, within the first few days, people can get out, no issue. But he couldn't get all his family all together once to get out. And when I contact um, embassies, so I've contacted pretty much every NATO embassy you could think of. And they basically just send me a cookie, the link within a week, basically stating it's a two-year waiting process. I've sent off 500 emails. I've uh, contacted uh, basically everyone of the U.S. government I can get an email for. Um, I've, I've pretty much gone to the press, everything really, and it's just generic. It's almost like um, it's moved past the whole situation in the media and people have just kind of forgotten almost for the next big trend but there are people suffering there and the issue is too all these people that own businesses in Afghanistan um because that's how they were paid they weren't paid in cash by the US or UK government to were paid directly into the bank accounts they set up and these people's bank accounts have been completely wiped by the Taliban so no business accounts exist anymore so basically they're living off savings and they're going to run out soon. So in three months, people are going to be homeless and then they'll be executed. So it's not like you know, we have six months a year. They basically will be out on the streets with their children or wives by wintertime. And then you know, all hell breaks loose. So, so is the only thing keeping them safe is that they, they have a place to hide? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Um, at the moment, my tour guide is currently with a friend. Taliban will be going door to door with a list of names almost and uh, knocking. And my tour guide has basically just been staying hidden. So it's only a matter of time, really. I think he's running off sheer luck at the moment. Wow. So as time goes by, I'm, I'm trying to raise some money. And then what I'm going to do is I found a way to um, smuggle money into the country where I'm going to do it um, by proxy. So fingers crossed it works out. Yeah, good for you, man. Is is there? I, I assume we can't know his name, right? Because that would put him in further danger. The Taliban already know his name, um, but I can give you his work name, which is different, and everyone basically knows because he's a tour guide. He's a local celebrity in that area, so everyone knows him anyway. It's just um, that's why you can't show his face. But his name's um, Hamid uh, Wafa. Okay, uh, yeah. If uh, if you put together any sort of fundraising. Um, 
please send it to me after the show. I'll make sure to retweet it so we can hopefully get some exposure. Cause I, I would love to love to, you know, save an innocent person. That's, that's tragic that he's put in that position, but, uh, Fingers crossed that there will be some political will. I, I think this is a product of the fact that our news cycle is so fast moving now. I mean, it's like, especially with the COVID stuff, uh, I, that's like, that's my passion is ending the lockdowns and, and to have um, the news cycle be as fast as it is and the tyranny being so rapid, I can't even keep people like on the, the same wavelength because as soon as, you know, as soon as Biden mo- uh, rolls out, uh, federal vaccine passports, then the Supreme Court overturns it, everyone celebrates, and then it's like, and then it, Biden comes out the next day and says, ignore what they say, or it wasn't the Supreme Court, it was a lower court, but they say, ignore yeah. what they say, just proceed with it anyways, and then Kyle Rittenhouse is, uh, you know, vindicated, and it's just like, it, the news cycle moves so fast, Afghanistan, the, the whole withdrawal thing, which was just in August, feels like it was two years ago, it's crazy. Well, of course, well, the issue is it would cost the uh, US and UK some money and that's one thing the government doesn't like to spend on. Um, it doesn't uh, like to stick on certain topics that would cause it some issues. So it try and moves it on. After all, uh, we all know who controls the media, basically, and uh, what their agenda is. So that's what we really need to do. We need to remind people what's really going on and actually keeping their heads. Like the whole Epstein thing, I mean, it got covered up pretty quickly, along with a million other things we've all forgotten about over the years. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it it does move very quickly and and it does seem as if there's a concerted effort to keep people kind of distracted from the the real things that matter a uh, perfect example being the Epstein and Ghislaine uh, Maxwell trial have you have you followed that are you familiar with some of the details some of them yes but at the same time no one's reporting on it and you wonder why <laughs> I, I know um, I was I was going to ask you for <laughs> for more cuz I I mean I, obviously Whitney Webb and there's a few reporters out there that do a decent job but for the most part, people, people just, I, you know, I, I have to read, you know, alleged misinformation agents like, uh, like Alex Jones or something to, to have any idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. You have to find some really obscure text post from some unknown person. And then it just makes it even more complex. Um, most likely we'll find out that, you know, she supposedly committed suicide in a jail cell by two gunshots to the back of the heads or something along those lines. And uh, everyone forgets about it, and another, you know, false flag goes up or something like that. Yeah, it's okay. uh, the same old. But then um, people eat it up on Twitter, on trending, and then everyone moves on, and the same thing happens over and over again. It seems to me that there, there's something that that correlates between like 4chan meme culture and and you know the conspiracy theorist libertarian Alex Jones world. Is is that overlap? Am I perceiving that incorrectly or is that a real thing? Oh, that's definitely true. Yes. 4chan has loads of different districts, kind of areas. And you've got people that are just goofing off, you know, and you've got people that are just schizophrenics, just straight up crazy. Probably, I'm probably bordering on that side of this. Comment. I was going to say, you're, you're <laughs> somewhere in between. <laughs> I'm somewhere in between where some of it makes a lot of sense and some of it I think, nah, that's probably not true. Because if you really think about it, there, there were a good majority of people out there um, that, you know, are in these positions of power are psychopaths because you can't get to the top without being completely ruthless, narcissistic, cunning, manipulative. And then you think, what do you do when you're a multi-billionaire as a, as a psychopath or a narcissist? Well, you want control, you want power, you want influence. That's what these people are going after. After all, such control 
install stability. And with stability comes you know, financial stability, which all these people want. It's part of agenda. It makes perfect sense. And um, I think that's what people are kind of slowly realizing, um, even though it's not being reported as much as it should be. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I always have theorized that once you get to a certain amount of money, you can't really buy anything that gives you further pleasure. So you start to seek out power pleasure where like you kind of a sycophantic uh, or a psychopathic even, uh, you know, interest in controlling people's lives. It's like, it's not a, like I can, I can have my own private jet. I can go wherever I want. I can eat whatever I want. I can, you know, wear whatever I want, drive whatever I want. Well, now what else am I going to try and achieve in life? So now I have to start to, you know, control other people and what they're able to do. And I, I mean, obviously it's a very uh, disturbing trend. It's why I'm a libertarian. It's why I think that we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't have government, which is able to implement that kind of top-down control over people's lives. Obviously you're, uh, you live like an anarchist. You live, you live as if someone were, you know, <laughs> Who, who has no interest in listening to to any rules or, or government uh, dictates is am I misreading this or are you just oh, uh, yeah okay okay <laughs> I don't like I don't like government bureaucracy I don't like uh, the bureaucracy in my educate my place of education that's why I left university I don't like any of the BS you have to put up with and most things in life things can be very easy very straightforward I, I just want the middleman cut out and I don't want to wait on some form to make it happen. I just want to do it myself. If there has to be something where I have to work around a situation, I'm going to do it. I mean, um, that's why I went to Afghanistan. I don't want to do something boring and just, you know, consume and become materialistic. I I want to do fun things. And I basically want to do it with people. And I want to do it freely. That's the American dream, really. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, that's the old American dream. The new new American dream appears to just be safe from a virus that isn't very dangerous. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's a good question, actually. Uh, what's what's uh, the COVID situation like in Afghanistan or any of these other countries you went to? Do these people seem uh, even close to as concerned as, as Western countries? Oh, complete. It's non-existent. <laughs> that's the funny thing. You think you think with um, you know no health care and all these uh, issues they've got over there. You know, you, you think they'd be trembling for their lives. I mean, it's terrible. Um, but no, not really. The only mask you see wearing is if you walk into the main governmental buildings, which I did once, just to, you know, just to pop in and say hi. They're mortified, by the way. Um, and when, when you go on planes, you wear a mask, but after about 20 minutes and take off, people just take them off. I asked my tour guide and a few others, uh, you know, what do you think of COVID? Just have curiosity. And they're like, COVID? I mean, like, yeah, yeah, this, uh, this, this, you know, global pandemic going on and they're like oh yeah i think someone mentioned that like a year ago how is it like uh, they just don't care <laughs> well, that, i don't that's either. that's how i feel about it too i mean I, I i moved from california to florida just because i was trying to escape the crazies who who have made this like their entire life's purpose it, it's just very it's very tragic what what has been your um experience i mean you were obviously you've traveled a lot so you've seen a lot of different countries was I'm just curious if part of your reason for traveling was to try and uh, you know get away from the the lockdowns and the craziness that was happening. Well, the funny thing is, I um, I do like a lot of schemes in my spare time. Nothing illegal or moral, but uh, pulling on strings. So if anything, I've been traveling the most during COVID. Okay. <laughs> nice. It's been great. Um, but 
I did go to Afghanistan mostly because it was one place you could could go to unvaccinated. So um, yeah, thanks Biden and the UK government for making that happen. <laughs> so so um, what was, I mean, what was the closest call you had in Afghanistan? Like, did I mean, was there ever any point where it was you know guns pointed at you like that? that oh, several. Close? Several. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, at one point, we came up to a military checkpoint um, in the Pashtu Valley, I believe. It was quite far up north. This is the point where um, Russia was basically halted against the, the advancement to Afghanistan. So this is as far as they got. This is where Afghanistan held their ground. So I met up with some military people. And as soon as I got out the door, they pointed their AKs at me, all three of them. And they basically began shouting, oh, who are you? Are you spy? You meant to schedule a meeting to come here. Do you have a pass? So I'm thinking, what's this? And I basically just you know, go, whoa. And I, I, I lowered my hand and I go, easy, easy. No guns. And when I, I, I pull out my passport and I go, tourist haha <laughs> and they, they kind of look at each other and begin smiling put back down their guns and they go you're not spy and i was like oh no no i hate the uh, cia as much as you don't worry <laughs> and i was like if oh i was God. i was like if i was cia the country would have collapsed already and that was the day before it actually did but uh, <laughs> but i'm not um, gonna lie i'm not gonna lie if i if <laughs> i was in if i was an afghani i would have seen i mean any just seeing any tourist in the in the country i would have been like oh well you have to be a, a cia or mi mi5 or mi6 or whatever it's called uh because it just doesn't make any sense i mean you was there any other tourist in afghanistan oh, yeah, yeah. At that point? yeah so this lady um i met she was like she was six foot five of all things wearing doc martens uh, most some leather too of all things and she was polish hitchhiking across afghanistan solo wearing normal western clothes oh my i mean God. that was the day, the day before uh, the country collapsed in kandahar so i have no idea what happened to her i mean i posted something on social media asking if she, you know she got out or anything nothing so i hope she was fine but um she was just casually going across the middle east apparently she came for iran wow well hopefully I, I mean, she uh, yeah at her at her height uh hard to hide so uh, she she either got uh escorted out or she got in serious trouble i don't know um so yeah of, of all the countries that you oh go ahead yeah hopefully she didn't get escorted in another way but um yeah exactly yeah. yeah um so of all the countries that you went to uh i'm i have to assume the fall of afghanistan was the the craziest or was it not i would say so yeah but um another one is a close second when i my first ever holiday abroad was in 2018 and it was to Chernobyl. Um, so Chernobyl? I went there. And then, yeah, first ever holiday abroad before the TV show. So I thought it'd be quite fun. Went with um, an amazing guy called uh, Spyros. Um, if he's listening, I love him. Uh, but we, basically, after he left and everything, I went back and I went to the border between Ukraine and Russia just to see what was going on, basically, out of um, curiosity. And I, I saw some military lads, they started speaking to me, they handed me their weird dishes, shared food with me. Um, and then I had to basically go because one of the high-ups found, found out about me and he wasn't happy. But uh, yeah, basically saw a war, kind of became interested, seemed quite good. Seemed quite good. <laughs> Are you interested in fighting in a war? Yeah, well, I'm hoping to join the UK army in okay. hopefully a year or two if this whole uh, travel thing doesn't take off. But um, yeah, I'm looking to put in my 
years, hopefully. And this should be good stuff. If you run an online store using Shopify, you've got to check out this app called Bad Customer. Here's the thing. Only 29% of credit card fraud comes from stolen cards. The rest, that means 71%, is committed by the actual cardholder. Scumbags. They buy something. You ship it. And then they call their bank and whine like a little bitch that they didn't get it, so the bank gives them their money back, and you get a charge back. The bank doesn't care about you, the seller. They only care about their customer. So what the Bad Customer app does is collect all of that chargeback data from millions of transactions. When someone places an order on your site, it tags it and warns you if that person or their address has a history of charging back their purchases. So you can decide whether or not you want to risk shipping that order. And the best part, it's completely free. Head to the Shopify app store and search for Bad Customer or visit badcustomer.org to learn more. Again, go to the Shopify app store and search for Bad Customer. Well, I mean, given given that you don't like bureaucracy and being told what to do, the military sounds like a terrible place for you. You just want the adventure, huh? Yeah, almost definitely. We'll see how many strings I can pull anyway. Uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see if I can basically put in charge of my own unit. We'll just that will just be me basically with a bunch of fake people. <laughs> I think I think you ought to probably join. Am I? Uh, is it Mi five or Mi six? I can't remember. Um, I don't know, one of them anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, Anyways, one of them. It se- seems like your disposition is perfect for that. You're you're fearless, obviously. You're you're willing to face danger. You don't even have to get paid. You'll pay to go face danger. So, like, you seem yeah. like you're, you're right up the alley. Uh, have you ever considered that? I did apply once before the whole Afghanistan thing, uh, you know, but they just, they just didn't answer. And I was being insulted by that, so I thought, you know, might as well go show them. <laughs> <laughs> You're like fuck it, I'll do it myself. Oh my! I God. love the I love the idea that someone from MI5 or MI6 saw me on the national news and thought, "Is this a guy?" Do if I watch me from the spy satellite? Like, What's this guy doing hanging out with these militants? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, they started investigating my 4chan posts and shit posts from all my alt accounts, most likely. And some poor intern had to see like my schizo rants and all this rubbish stuff. <laughs> So guarantee I probably can't get a normal job right now. I'm never going to work in nuclear power with my um, almost physics degree and anything really uh, dangerous, but you never know. Oh, you're getting a degree in physics, huh? Well, I did originally, but I dropped out of university. My university basically said, Miles, you know, you can't post on social media. You've damaged our reputation. I go cringe, but okay, fair enough, whatever. And then they go, okay, but you can't publish a book. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. This book, it'll be published after I graduate and all the money goes towards my tour guide, 100%. If not, he might become homeless or have major issues. You know, I need to just publish it. It will affect your reputation. And you go, oh, sorry, we don't care. Um, uh, our name is more important than someone's lives, basically. So I go, okay, um, screw you, dropping out. Yeah, I, I don't blame yeah. you, man. So what are you going to write a book about your, your experiences? Oh, yes. So I've got a book deal with Antelope Hill Publishing and I'm going to, yes, <laughs> and I'm going to um, basically post everything that went on in Afghanistan. If anyone wants to know how based it is, in summary, I mentioned American Psycho about four times in the first few chapters. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a living meme, sir. You are my, I think you're my favorite person. Uh, honestly, like, I can't even <laughs> believe that you're a real, a real person. Like, you, you, <laughs> you make no sense to me but i love everything <laughs> you have to say if that makes any sense at all <laughs> yeah 
I'm probably going to be dead in a month or so, but we'll see. It'll be good fun. I really hope not. I really hope not. I hope you do this yes. for like the next 30 years and I get to follow all of your insane travels. Um, so what what is it? Uh, I mean, is it as I know I, you're probably the worst person for me to ask this because you seem to <laughs> be completely oblivious to fear. But are these places scary? Like, do you well, actually, then- is it is it as bad as I would imagine or is it not that bad? Well, Afghanistan, it wasn't as bad as you would imagine. Um, you know, people were pointing guns at you. And there was one point where I was in my safe house and we had a metal barrier, um, like a metal cover of the window and bullets were ricocheting off it. So it was kind of like a little bit scary. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I don't know. It just uh, depends on who you are as a person. If you want well, to sit let, on let the me, beach. Let me tell you, Miles, if there's bullets bouncing off the window, I'm scared. <laughs> That's it. I think have a plan, mostly shoot back or um, or maybe just, um, I don't know, it maybe it is scary, but I think that's what makes it worth it. And it gives you a little bit um, of excitement. And if you do some good along the way, why not? Yeah. I um, If you die, you don't really know it. If you get shot in the leg, you get some time off work. If you take out life insurance, you line your friends at your family's pockets. Um, you might be in a disadvantaged situation like I was at the time. But then I always turned it into an advantage. So just as long as you're prepared for everything, it should be a jolly all good time. It, se- it seems to me like your your worst fear wouldn't be death, but more imprisonment. Like what if they had taken you hostage and you were just stuck in solitary confinement for 18 months? That that seems like that would be hell, no? Oh, well, <laughs> it would be better than working in retail anyway. But... Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I would... I mean, I'm good at keeping myself calm a little bit. So I'm not saying, you know, I would handle it perfectly. Of course not. But, you know, I'm trying to find a way out. I'm negotiating. I have a friend them. I would, I would figure something out, you know. I would keep myself, you know, um, I would keep myself calm, meditate like I usually do, think things through, possibly craft a shank. You never know. Um, <laughs> You're so based. I might... I might just make I might just make up some stuff. Like for example, in my upcoming trip to South Sudan, I'm basically fabricating an entire uh, government agency from an unknown country. So have you guys ever heard of Doctor Who at all in the US? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's um a a well-known kind of organization, a fictional of course, called UNIS, which stands for Unified Intelligence Task Force. And there's loads of logos out there online that look very official. So I'm just going to print it on a piece of plastic, get it laminated. You know, I'm really good at Photoshop, so I can just pull it out and I go, hey, uh, South Sudan people, you may be wanting to arrest me, but the North is looking to attack. And I'm scouting out this area for uh, intelligence services. I'm on your side. I was hired by your government. Let me through and I'll be able to help you guys out. I'll just BS. It would work. I really hope you're successful with all these plans because it's going to make for the best book series I've ever read. Um, so we we briefly mentioned before we started the show uh, the the Rittenhouse case because I wasn't I wasn't sure if the <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse story <clears throat> had really made international news and and you said that it had. Uh, so what is I mean obviously the UK they don't have the the passion for gun rights like we do yeah. here uh it, it sounds as if you do share my uh, affinity for the second amendment and and personal defenses am i reading that correctly 
yeah, I've, I've watched about a two hour video on how this one guy made nuclear weapons. And I was thinking, well, maybe one day, you know, but, um, <laughs> but I, I mean, so you're a two way maximalist. <laughs> oh, yeah. At this point, I mean, look at me. I'm the most mentally sound person ever. I deserve all this. I'm joking. But, I, would, um, I would absolutely give you a nuclear arsenal. I'm not even worried about it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I wonder which country I'd fire with that. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, the the what what did the uh, I mean, what was the opinion of the of people over overseas when it came to the Rittenhouse trial for those that were covering it or following it? Yeah, so you, so you can imagine uh, average college women were seething. Uh, you know, they they threw around buzzwords and you know they tweeted on Twitter. Every guy who basically goes to the gym or you know is tall or is based in a single way basically celebrated massively. Uh, we were loving it. Um, me and my friends were watching it via live stream uh, with the whole trial, uh, with popcorn in hand. We were enjoying ourselves. We thought it was insanely based. We were convinced that, you know, he was going to be executed on the spot by uh, someone who was hired by some government organisation, if you get what I mean, uh, as soon as he walked out of the courthouse. Um, we also thought, you know, because this happened with uh, George Floyd as well, if he... If the um, police officer got found innocent, they were going to arrest him anyway, I heard. Um, so I thought that was going to happen as well with this Kyle guy. Um, thankfully not. Though. So I think it was a good 70% of the UK are like, oh, guns are terrible. Oh, I'm going to get stabbed. Of course, yeah. So I did think basically um, it was going to be uh, pretty dodgily done. I thought it was going to be some sort of government intervention, some you know powerful corporations putting some strings, like some Rothschilds or something like that, or yeah. um, maybe in a foreign nation even that controls the US or has some uh, you know, big influence on them. By one mention, <laughs> we all know anyway. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say I will say this: the uh, there has been a push to take it and, and retry him on a federal level, which would be horrifying. I mean, if you have a a, a, a jury of 12 comes back with a not guilty verdict and then you you are it's basically double jeopardy which is supposed to be unconstitutional but they're they're trying i i think that the reason that they emphasize cross state lines so many times is because they wanted to make it a federal uh crime so that they could have more you know more sway over the pol the uh the politics of the judiciary it, it's really scary man and and i took it you know as a as a hardcore second amendment person a libertarian i i am you know, this is everything to me. This is like uh, all of the shit that we have going wrong in America right now. The, the, the one thing we have is our, as our fail safe is self-defense. And, and it seems like that was a direct attack on it. Uh, I'm curious. I mean, obviously you're a UK guy. Like what, why is it that you have such an affinity for gun rights? Is it just because of the yeah. meme, meme culture and, <laughs> or, or what happens? No, no, no. It does make sense because I have read the US Constitution to some extent. Sure. And just after fighting a foreign war, you want to be able to you know, defend yourself, your family, your loved ones, your friends, your neighborhood, everything that's important to you. And the issue is in a world of stability at the moment, people have forgotten that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things go badly with you know a million things going on in the, U in the UK and in the world if society collapses for whatever reason or life gets a little bit tougher it's gonna be anarchy and I want to be able to defend myself from people that are tyrannical and want to infringe on my rights to exist basically I'm not gonna go out there and do anything dodgy some people will but overall the added benefit of people being able to keep themselves safe is paramount 
Because yeah. either way, people are going to give hands on guns. There's gun crime in the UK, despite it being completely illegal. People are going to be able to print guns in the future at better capacities than they can now. I don't see the issue. Why not? Um, at the same time, look at Australia. You know, the government is meant to work for the people. The people aren't meant to, you know, um, be controlled by the government and their liberties are being stamped, stamped upon uh, with all these vaccine mandates. Now, I understand you know, the government may have to make unpopular decisions sometimes, but when every decision you be made is unpopular, that's very unconstitution, unconstitutional, to put it lightly. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I mean, this is why I've been so activated. I started my show in May of 2020 because and I named it Liberty Lockdown because I was so I was so like deeply offended uh, that they they would even think that they could lock down not just Americans, which I thought was a, a big enough of a, a stretch, but basically the entire world. I mean, have you ever heard of uh, Lockstep from the Rockefeller Foundation? I've looked into it and. Uh... <laughs> My apologies. I've no looked problem. into it. It's really interesting to put it lightly. Yeah. I've looked over all the little things that have um, basically been very convenient um, with regards to COVID lockdowns, how uh, this has been run you know, by some hospitals, these whole simulations regarding a COVID outbreak yeah. and uh, some patents filed under COVID. And I just kind of think, you know, there has to be some sort of prior understanding of what was going to go on. And people have obviously been keeping this a little bit quiet to profit off it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, the Operation Lockstep idea was that basically in order to implement tyranny, they had they had to do it on a global scale because otherwise people could look around and say, well, this was unnecessary. I mean, a perfect example is like Sweden, they, they um, aren't or they weren't until recently, they weren't doing most of the stuff that, that everyone else was doing. And it was like, OK, well, now we have this example that shows that all this stuff is unnecessary. Florida is another good example where DeSantis is, has fought really aggressively to to stop the federal mandates and things like that. So and and the death rates aren't any worse here. So, in fact, they're better than most places. And it's just like, well, that's why that's in my opinion, it's very clear. That's why they had to do it on a global scale, because they wanted there to be no other examples that you could point to and be like, look, freedom still works. Because uh, they don't want they don't want us to have freedom anymore. That that's my concern. At least, are you uh, are you a complete minority when it comes to your fellow countrymen, or or is there more of an affinity for self defense and gun rights than I would have imagined? I would say it's about ten percent of people I meet, so one in ten. Sadly, um, wow. I'm hoping to boost those numbers. So. I've got a little community of in my church and we're very based. We, we go out for desserts like every Wednesday or so. And um, we kind of discuss these issues quite often. And it goes without saying, but obviously we all want guns in the future and hopefully like a little log cabin somewhere we could run away to um, worst comes <laughs> to worst and so on. It's just, um, sadly, the UK is kind of cooked in the way. And the good thing is all the people that you know, are masculine and have actually been through real stuff in life, like brave soldiers of the UK and... Uh, you know, people in those certain situations, they get it. Most of them are completely on our side, really. But the issue is the people that are re weak and masculine have never been through real struggles, the ones that are indoctrinated through social media and um, mostly you know, the liberal types. They've basically just been, I wouldn't say brainwashed, but of course, um, heavily influenced, let's say. It's, it's almost like, uh, you you get a kid and then you tell them a new idea and they just talk about it for nothing uh, talk about it for a month for nothing else. Mm. Um, it, it's bizarre. I mean, if you twist something into their narrative, they believe you. 
it, mm. it's amazing I've, me and my friends have kind of jokingly gaslighted some people just to play these pranks um like for example with the Rittenhouse case I came up across this one uh, liberal girl who's like our friends but you know we mess with her a little bit and she messes with us and we take in good stride and she was like oh they, they crossed the border look sorry face they crossed the border oh state lines state lines and I basically go wow so so tragic of you to enforce um you know uh, nationality by enforcing the idea of state lines so you understand that everyone should be allowed to move freely across country because we're all humans is that really uh you know racist and she was like oh yeah you guess, I guess you're right oh am I blue that's a funny thing you could just you can adapt the narrative to anything so uh yeah. yeah, so hopefully it's a ten percent of a moment, but maybe eleven percent in a week or so. And so on. <laughs> I love I love the optimism. I love the optimism. <laughs> is it is it also that much of a minority when it comes to pushing back against lockdowns? Or I, I would imagine it has to be a little bit higher than that. I hope. Yeah, it's a little bit higher. So it, it, there's usually some boomers that are like, oh, you know, lockdowns are fine, but do it just a little bit, and um, you know, only only get rid of half my civil liberties if you have a half a fine though as long as you give me porn and soy life's great uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got some people that are like oh it's not like lockdown in general because it's boring i can't get to go, go to the club and you know there's so many casual people that are doing it just because you know they're a little bit selfish but then you get you know actual people who have solid arguments like me and my friends yeah and then uh, the rest are just kind of like um there's a good majority of people that don't like lockdowns just because they want to get drunk on nights out. And I, sure. Hey, that, yeah. that's part of freedom, man. I mean, I like, yeah, that's, yeah, not, yeah. that's not why I want to be free, but if that's, if that's what it takes, I mean, that uh, we don't have America. We don't have the United States of America. If, if it weren't for dudes that were getting drunk in a bar talking about how much they hated the government, like that's a really important oh, yeah. uh, American pastime. And, and the UK's, obviously got the pub pub life so whatever it takes man whatever it takes to inspire people to to fight to be free again even, even if it's just to go be a drunk i don't i don't care you know oh yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if being yeah if being drunk uh, means you know instating civil liberties i might as well become an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> i i am drunk on liberty <laughs> um so <laughs> You you have got to go on Tower Gang. Have they already hit you hit you up? Uh, Tower Tower Power Hour Tower Gang. Does that ring a bell? Yes, yes. Hopefully organizing something. Um, okay. The issue is, I, I basically was throwing up, you know, just before we started talking as well. So um, that's been a bit of an issue. And hopefully, as I come out of this illness, I should be able to go on there next week or the week afterwards, potentially. Whenever's good for them and me. I'll make it happen for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm, I'm one of the co-hosts on there, so I would love, I would love to have you on. I, I mean, this is more of my serious endeavor. That's more of the shit posting meme culture endeavor. <laughs> so you will, you will be right at home. These guys are going to love you. Um, so what, what comes next? I mean, after Sudan, obviously, uh, hopefully you live. Um, <laughs> and then what? Oh, well, uh, I'm really going there to see if I'm alive, <laughs> but, uh, but the next thing, I can't mention too many details, but it's not going to North Korea, but it does involve North Koreans. And it doesn't, yeah, and it doesn't involve, um, how do I put this? Let's say I'll be banned from two countries if this works. But here's the thing, if it does work, if it does work, it will get the attention of the UN, to put it lightly. There will be debates yeah. on this. It will be bigger than Afghanistan, to put it very lightly. 
Now, there's an 80% chance it will work to some capacity, a 10% chance it will completely work, you know, down for tea, and another 20% chance I will die. So it puts over 110% because I always give 110. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> I realized I was screwed over the maths there, so I just compensated. So smooth, I'm right. <laughs> you are an absolute uh wheeler and dealer con man type i can't you, you yeah. hit, the, hit the mouth wrong and then you you came up with a pithy one-liner right right on top of it pills again <laughs> you are a hell of a salesman well i i obviously i hope you survive has there been a like to me you seem built for vice like vice media or one of those one of those yeah. big production companies to just follow your ass around has anybody hit you up to do that because they ought to be I, well, I basically had someone who works alongside Vice hit me up for a potential documentary. Now, nothing's solid, of course. We're just talking. We're going to meet up in central London, have like a little coffee, maybe get staffed, normal things, really. But, um, but the thing is, hopefully I can negotiate my way into there. Maybe I can start my own little charity. Maybe I can start my own business. You never yeah. know. Um, Oh yeah, I mean, you ought to start. You ought to start your own media company or something to to because like, the, I mean, not not just for you know the financial uh, rewards, but also you're living such a, I mean, such an outrageous life. Like it, it would be tragic not to have this documented, especially if you are lucky enough to survive it. You want to show those grandkids what the hell you what the hell you did, you know? Oh, you have no idea what half of it is. There's so much <laughs> stuff going on in my spare time that it would make like a five-minute shit post and then you know that's basically it but um i like the old vice i think the new vice is a little bit more you know corp corporal um it's a little bit more you know um oh yeah no, i know i i don't yeah. like it either but i just was thinking of like you know 10 year ago documentaries from vice it's like right up your alley exactly well i'm gonna i'm gonna continue goofing off i'm gonna do the charity alongside it people get entertainment i get to almost die and you know get PTSD someday I got recommended a PTSD counseling, by the way. I kind of laughed in the face about it. <laughs> you, are you seeking to get PTSD? I was going to go to the 4th of July, you know, bonfire night and kind of just uh, see if anything happens. <laughs> but <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you dive under a table during the 4th of July, then, then we'll know that you have succeeded in your mission of, of traumatizing yeah. yourself. I'm going to do some more um, goofing off. I've got some more plans. So this is just off the top of my head, uh, but I've got some people that might be up for it. Um, spend a month building a boat with solar panels and satellite communication, you know, Starlink or something, and then just sail to America for fun from Hell the yeah. UK. You, or, could be, um, you could be like the uh, the base Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have more birth defects, but um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my yeah. god. You're the best. <laughs> oh, <You're good>. <laughs> but, uh, I am I am so boring compared to you. It's unbelievable. I, I I you are you are completely like reformulating my view on life and what I should be doing. I'm like, man, I haven't done anything. Like I, good, I think that you're an inspiration. <laughs> I just realized that you are an inspiration to the world. You are actually you are you are base Greta Thunberg. That's that's what I'm gonna title this episode. <laughs> if, if anyone dies because of my antics, I think that's pretty funny. But at the same time, don't do it. You know, <laughs> he will but, meme. Um, he will meme about it, but do not do it. I, 
I will post the uh, Rip in Peace, You Will Not Be Bist, Missed, Rip in Peace, Bozo, you know, meme. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, I come to With, uh, you know, the Afghan sunglasses on, I've got them somewhere. But... Um, <laughs> uh, don't, don't sweat it, man. Well, I, thank you so much for the time, man. It, it's, uh, I'm, first off, uh, you know, congrats on getting out of there. Like, oh, let, let me end with this. Did, yes. I mean, did they, did you get any trouble? I mean, is there any, are there any bills due, like anything that's, that actually came from this that's negative? Oh, no. If anything, I profited off this because, um, not from Incredible. interviews, but I took out terrorism insurance for four pounds, for basically four dollars on like the checkouts. And I thought that'd be hilarious. I'm buying it anyway, you know. Because my friends were saying, oh, if you die, Miles, you know, it'd be bad. I'm like, no, no, I've got terrorism insurance. Don't worry. But it was for a flight. So I got about $300, about £250, uh, which covered basically half the flights. And paired with interviews and everything, this has been a profitable venture. Nice, man. Well, yeah, so um, no CIA at my door, no MI5. I, I deleted all my memes out of my iPhone folder. So, um, you know, it's a just in case. <laughs> <laughs> but um no issues whatsoever it's only that's been incredible positive. i've gotten job offers from this people <laughs> one person from monaco was like oh do you want to work in banking mate and i was like yeah sure it's it's random I like this dude's crazy he can do anything i want to make him a banker uh yeah i hope you don't become a banker man i hope i hope you can make a career out of uh you know following your the wild hair that you got up your ass because clearly clearly you're you're a special breed man i i don't know anybody <laughs> I, I don't know anybody in my life that that is um as interested in in adventure i mean you i mean you you remind me of my australian friends to be honest because they they were the type that were like you know they spent their entire 20s traveling they you know are you a drinker <laughs> are you a drinker too oh no i don't drink at all haven't drank in since 16 roughly wow wow uh, you mean since you were 16 or since 2016? Oh, since I was 16. It's actually same, same thing, really. So I'm oh, okay. 19, 19 kids. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even better. So are you, are you straight edge? Is it, uh, is it a religious thing or is it just personal yeah, preference? I'm kind of a mixture. So I, I grew up with a family of many alcoholics, basically. And I was like, wow, this is terrible. Maybe I shouldn't do this because uh, I've kind of got obviously a personality that seeks a little bit of, you know, uh, Instagravication through uh, most yeah <laughs> I think I don't know I can't tell but um maybe you know, I'm thinking maybe one day you know I, I should probably avoid that stuff but at the same time um I'm, I can get some orange juice to make it look like some sort of alcoholic cider and um raise a toast to anyone who wants it so I love it well, uh, I agree with you, actually. Uh, given your disposition for adventure, I think that drug use is probably not wise. Uh, that being said, I think having a beer instead of going to Afghanistan during a civil war is probably safer, but I'll leave that aside. Everybody, <laughs> please go fo uh, follow Lord Miles. Is it Rutledge or, or am I pronouncing it right? Actually, we had family debates about this. Rutledge, Rutledge, whichever one, it's fine. <laughs> Okay, uh, Rutledge. Uh, follow him on, on Twitter at Lord Viscont. It's V E S C O N T E. And uh, if if you have any further information about uh, you know fundraising to get your translator out, please submit that to me, and I will include that in the details for the show. But thank you so much for your time, man. It you are you are a wild character, and I I knew this would be a fun conversation. So thank you for having it. Thank you. Do you also want to make this live stream a little bit more memorable? Yes. Woo! <laughs>
Oh, this this man just threw up before the show, and he's and he's still he's still a prank falling for me. So incredible! I got it. (laughs) My landlord hates me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, brother. Thank you again. Thank you. Anytime. Hey, Liberty Lockdown listeners. This is Isaac Morehouse, the CEO of Crash.co. You love freedom. I love freedom. You want more career opportunity. I want to help you get it. I want to help you live more free by seizing opportunities, whether you're actively job hunting or you're just looking to expand your future potential. Go to crash.co, sign up for free, completely free. You get the daily job hunt, which has over 50,000 subscribers now in your inbox every morning, plus a bunch of free member perks and benefits. Check it out, crash.co. Thanks for listening. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe